Blog Talk Radio. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met. Diamond Dallas Page. Started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP Yoga. It's Nacho Mama's Yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the Diamond Cutter. Diamond Cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP Yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Five. Woo! Split right back in just for the next time. Welcome to another episode of DDP Radio Live right here at ddpradio.com. My name is Mike Mullins. I am broadcasting live from the DDP Radio Megaplex in beautiful Raleigh, North Carolina. And what I do every Wednesday night is I hop on the elevator, I take it all the way to the top floor, and then I take the secret elevator all the way up where I climb up to the highest point of the highest part of the tallest building in all of Raleigh. And I take my super duper lens, and I blast it right up to the Great White North, high atop the fictional Mount Ontario, where my <laughs> co-host lives and resides, kind of like the parts unknown of DDP Radio, my Canadian quote master, the world's greatest Canadian herself, my co-host, and your favorite member of the DDP Radio and DDPO community, the one and the only Crystal Stewart, how are you? <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be able to fit my head in that elevator shaft when you're done. You keep talking like that. <laughs> I'm good. I, I'm guessing within the six months, the next six months, the entire show is just going to be my intro just stretched on <laughs> as long as I can possibly get. <laughs> it might be. You know, I'll finally introduce you, and then thank you guys. Good night. We'll see you next week. Right. Uh, well, I, I can certainly run my mouth. Katie and I were driving somewhere, uh, driving home from somewhere, and I was talking and talking and talking and just talking her ear off, telling her the story. And then we get home, and I said, you literally haven't contributed one word since you got home. And she's like, oh, I didn't know if you noticed. <laughs> so uh, that's what I do. But uh, last minute here, I was taking on a project trying to get the uh, the chat room uh, reinvigorated, re- restarted. Um, it used to be a pretty good feature here, uh, DDP Radio, during the live show. I know Stacy was awesome at, man- at maintaining that chat room. So someone asked me uh, recently about maybe getting the chat room back up and running. So I was trying to do that right before we went on the air because, of course, that's a good time to try to figure out some technical issues. And uh, I got it, and I slid in here just in time to uh, to be uh, hit the intro. So uh, I haven't yet got a chance to talk to Gary, who's on the line waiting here. Um, so without further ado, Crystal, 
I think yeah. you picked us another great guest. I know we've had him on here before, and yeah. I love our guests, but also I love our follow-up guests because it's a great conversation, but a different conversation because we already got your story. We got to know you, and uh, with the, the follow-up guests, we get to kind of take some different spaces, kind of you know take the conversation where we want to go. Um, so uh, I'm excited, and I love when you book us a, a new follow-up guest. So without any further ado, will you tell us who we got on the line? Yeah, absolutely. So this week, like Mike said, we are doing a follow-up, um, and it's with one of my favorite people. Um, so Gary Gardner is um, on the line, and, you know, the world has definitely changed since the last time we talked. So it'll be really interesting, um, you know, just to see what's happening and what's going on and how everyone has changed and, you know, maintain the routines, but still, you know, dealt with what's going on in the world. It's really very interesting. And Gary's traveling right now, so I'm sure he has some really good stories. So, yeah, welcome to the show again, Gary. It's great to have you. Well, thank you, guys. You're good to be back. Yay! (laughs) yeah, this, this, oh. is, this is great. Well, we're, we're glad to have you back, man. We appreciate you coming back on with us. Um, I know we had you on a little while back, so if anyone wants to listen to Gary's full story, uh, check out the DDP Radio Archives. There's a ton of good stuff in there. But uh, for anybody new listening, give us a quick rundown of what got you here to this point and, uh, uh, you know, a quick synopsis of your story uh, up until now. A quick synopsis of my story. Yeah. Right. I don't really think that's possible, but I'll give it a shot because there's <laughs> so much that I have to cover on that because, you know, there, some of it I have to go back many years to be able to establish why I ended up where I did. But uh, I've had uh, severe psoriasis most of my life. I got started when I was 20. And by the time I was in my late 20s, it was you know pretty pretty severe and extreme. And in 2006, I took part in a drug trial that went sideways. If you ever see a commercial for something called Stellara, and you know, when they get to the end and talk about the side effects, where they use you know, they'll tell you about itchy eyes, runny nose. As you know, your interest is fading and whatnot, you'll hear them say severe nervous system disorder and potentially fatal brain condition. Uh, they got me. <laughs> that was that was bad. I you know. Ended up in the emergency room. They thought I was having a stroke. They ran every kind of test you can think of and said, you know what, we can't find anything wrong with you. And at that point, I ended up having to go get an MRI done in my head. And from there, I have to rely on what other people tell me because I was really out of it at that point. But uh, I do remember them talking about demyelination. Uh, I think the the official diagnosis was uh, uh, reversible leukoencephalopathy. Uh, as far as I know, that basically is like brain swelling and your nervous system's messed up. I don't know exactly what it means. Uh, I, I, I know what you, the effects are. I just don't know their actual you know, terms for it and whatnot. But uh, I ended up uh, losing like 80% of my strength, and I had uh, just all at once uh, when I checked in the emergency room. I mean, I, I was weak as a baby almost. And they told me it was temporary. It would come back. It took 13 years. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't until this last two years. 
And uh, that's why I say uh, there's no way I can tell this without going back a little bit. Uh, I won't do it all because, you know, like you say, they can, you know, scroll back about two to two and a half years worth. I think a little over two years that uh, there was there was on before. And, you know, so uh, ended up having to deal with that and just ended up with a general deterioration in my health to where, uh, because I was so weak, I, you know, I wasn't able to do anything. And uh, eventually uh, my, my back went out to where I couldn't walk. And I mean, I could barely walk to the street to the mailbox and back and would end up being excruciating pain. And to go out and do anything, I mean, I went into the doctors and uh, at this point, I, uh, you know, before starting DDPY, I weighed over 400 pounds. I think my heaviest was, that I saw on a scale was 407. And they had talked to me about doing gastric bypass, and as soon as I sat through their uh, their pre-op, you know, meeting on it, uh, I think I checked every box for possible complications on it. And I said, you know, I think I'm going to give an ex- you know, give diet and exercise an honest effort before I go throughout. Um, I'm not, you know, anybody who's had to do that, more power to them, because I know that's not an easy choice. And it's not an easy thing to do afterwards because there's a number of things they have to do. So it is absolutely not a shortcut if anyone does that. Uh, you know, some of it comes down to you do what you got to do. And then, um, but I ended up uh, in, a, in a wheelchair. And this is where I go through. It's like, you know, it's like if I go through and tell you all the different things that I had, it sounds like I'm making it up. Because I, you know, I had congestive heart problems. The, the pulmonary side of my heart was enlarged. I've had asthma from, since I was uh, a little kid. Uh, you know, they've, uh, my, uh, in my back, I've got, um, I had uh, uh, sciatica, but that was gone after my, my uh, about third week doing DDPY. But I have uh, scoliosis. To get the diagnosis at 10 degrees, I was at 21. That has straightened out some, but I don't. I haven't had a measure to find out exactly how much. But I have gotten taller, so I don't know. You know, that, that's worth something. And then uh, the worst of it is just my my whole back was just a mess of uh, bulge discs, uh, degenerative bone disease, and the worst of it was at my L3, L4, where they had me listed as extreme stenosis. And for those who don't know, stenosis is a narrowing and. Basically, my uh, spinal cord was all but pinched off. It was it, it, when you saw it on, on the MRI, it looked horrible. And it, uh, this, I went to see uh, an orthopedic surgeon, and after looking at my t- test results, uh, he told me that uh, you know, it was inoperable. He wouldn't touch it because the chances of uh, of having a, a, a poor outcome were far greater than anything else. So it's just, you know, very small chance of success and uh, a much greater chance of being paralyzed after afterwards. And I had seen, you know, other doctors. And so basically I had three different doctors tell me that I would never walk unassisted again uh, and, you know, probably never be pain-free again as well because of the way that was pinched. You know, here's your electric wheelchair. Have a nice life. Uh, on top of that, I don't tolerate opiates at all, so I can't take, you know, the vast majority of pain pills that are out there, and I had taken enough ibuprofen that they told me I can't, you know, I couldn't take anymore because I damaged my kidneys. So I said, well, what can I take for pain? And they're like, Tylenol. And, you know, Tylenol works great for some people, but for me it's a placebo. I can't tell it does anything at all. And so, and then, 
And then, you know, it's like as you jump forward to things, uh, ultimately I ended up in the uh, ICU with a kidney stone that had gone septic. And uh, they you know, put me into an induced coma for a week. And I oh. found out later that, uh, I gotta, you know, let me, I'll come up for right air so you guys can ask a question or something, but yeah. <laughs> okay. But, no, uh, no. but yeah, when they put me in induced coma and my uh, younger brother, uh, who I was living with at the time, and, and if it weren't for him and his wife, I probably wouldn't be around to be making this call today. Uh, because, you know, you know, with the things that had happened, uh, I probably would have passed away back when that happened. And that was a little over three years ago. Uh, and, you know, same goes with my, you know, my whole family's been very supportive, but especially my younger brother and my sister. And I think she's listening in on this. Um, so, hi, Debbie. Uh, and, but, uh, you know, with the being in there, uh, the ICU, they had me in there for a week. My younger brother was calling my kids who she doesn't know very well in telling them, you know, if you want to see your dad again, you might want to get down here. Um, so I ended up did getting phone calls afterwards, but they, they didn't have a chance to get down. But uh, when I got out of the hospital, uh, I was in absolutely no shape to even go home. I couldn't even, I couldn't take care of myself and everybody in that house worked. So I had to go, went to a rehab hospital for three weeks. And when I checked in, they weighed me in at, uh, 380 pounds, and they used one of those cherry picker arrangements to do that. And they were feeding me like, I don't know, you know, one egg, a piece of toast, the smallest fruit cup you've ever seen, and a four ounce orange juice. And they called that breakfast. And lunch and dinner weren't much different. And so I'm thinking they had me on a little over a thousand calorie diet and something along those lines. But uh, at the end of the second week, they weighed me in again. And uh, you know, they did it each week, but at the end of the second week, I weighed in at 328. And I'm going, you're kidding, 50 pounds in two weeks? Do you mind if I get something to eat? Uh, and, you know, they didn't believe me, so they went, you know, they really shocked to look at that number, and they went and got another scale, and I'd lost two more pounds on that one. And, you know, but during this time, they'd had me up and walking with a walker. And, you know, by the time, and I hadn't been able to get out and walk you know, or, you know, go very far for quite some time. And by the end of the three weeks, I was walking all over their parking lot with a walker. Uh, and when I went home, I continued, uh, you know, they had a, a physical therapist, but that, they were useless. I won't even go into that. But I started, uh, you know, walking around the block and, you know, using the uh, the walker. And I had one of the, uh, the rolly ones that you can have that has a chair built in it. And my brother walked around the block with me. Partly, you know, mostly I think just to keep tabs on, make sure I didn't fall or something along those lines. But, you know, uh, but he, he went on those walks with me all the time. And, um, you know, then when I, you know, as I got home, I started looking at it. It's like, you know, well, I want more of a workout than what they were having me do because it really wasn't much. It was basically lift your hand, lift your leg, and, and it, you know, no resistance or, you know, no weights to put on or anything. And I had remembered seeing uh, uh, the you know, Arthur's video uh, a few years earlier, but because of the condition I'm in, I looked at it and said, that's great, but I can't stand for more than a minute and, and whatnot. And so it's like, you know, I, I wasn't the one who was really, you know, uh, inspired by what Arthur had done because I, I just looked at it and said, I can't do those things. There's no way. And But I decided to go ahead and look at the... Uh, 
DDPY website again because I couldn't find anything else. There was just nothing out there that uh, would start you where I was, which was in bed. Uh, you know, I, you know, I was starting from scratch. And then I found that uh, DDPY you know, had recently added the, uh, the rebuild program. Uh, once I re you know, realized what was on that, I went ahead and subscribed that night. I you know, skipped the seven-day trial. I just went and subscribed to the app. And uh, it was probably like one or two in the morning. I started the next morning. And I, I won't say I've gone you know, every day since because I've had too many you know, things come up that have uh, kept me from doing it. I've had multiple kidney stones that have put me back in the hospital. I've had broken, a broken, broken foot, a broken knee. I may have broken a foot this past week. Uh, you know, just like any number of things. But, you know, you, just, you, you work through them. But uh, I started with the uh, uh, the rebuild program and uh, went through the uh, the bed program. And the very first workout I had. Uh, you know, one of the things it calls for is a bridge. And, you know, I've done bridge when I was, you know, younger playing football. I know what that is. We used to have, you know, rock up on our on our head to work our necks and whatnot. Well, when I did it, I barely got my rear end off the ground. And my first thought was, ooh, I got a lot of work to do. And, uh, you know, continued with it there. And then uh, I did the 13 weeks uh, you know, of the bed program. Then I did the chair program. And at the end of the the time with that, I I didn't quite go the full 13 weeks with. Well, I think I did, but I kept doing um, chair uh, three and four because chair five did not work for me one at all. You know, this, and that's where you introduce you to like the seated lunge and some of the knee droppers, and they, I couldn't do them. Uh, I could do them better standing than I could sitting. And then uh, I switched to the um, uh, the standing program. My balance was so bad that I had to have two chairs. I had one in each hand, and I still almost fell multiple times. And I realized that I was going to have to separate my, uh, you know, my uh, flexibility and whatnot from my from strength. And so I started going to the gym. And so I started, you know, doing uh, a lot of different machines, but specifically uh, ones that were going to help my back and uh, my legs get stronger. Uh, I, one of the, the two machines that I would credit for me walking at that, along with uh, DDPY, would be the uh, leg press machine as well as a back extension, which is essentially a reverse setup. It's like uh, a seated good morning, if anyone knows what that is. And you know, and I would go heavy on those. So I got to the point where, uh, you know, even recently, the uh, on the back extension. Uh, at the gym I would go to, the machine would max at 315 pounds, and I would do that for sets of 20. And the heaviest I did on the leg press was before COVID. And that was uh, two weeks before COVID, I did uh, 20 plates, which the rough translation is 1,000 pounds. Uh, and I did that for four reps. But you know, primarily, I was doing about 16 plates and doing that for 12, sets of 12. And then COVID hit. And, you know, no gym, so I started riding the bike all the time. And, you know, it still helped get stronger, but the, the bike helped my knees. And also, obviously, it helps cardio because I was riding all over. Um, the one thing that I did, one thing I did in Christmas of 2019, I think it was, before all the, you know, they had, uh, Garrett Sakahara had come out to Yerba Linda because they, for Christmas, that's where his parents lived. And he announced that he was going to do a, uh, 
uh, you know, do DQI uh, deals at the, at the gym there. And so I rode my bike 20 miles to go do that and then went, did an hour uh, workout with Garrett. And I don't recommend that. Uh, when I got there, I was exhausted. And by the time I got through with the workout, I mean, I was toast. Uh, fortunately, Larry Keeler was there and he had a truck and he gave me a ride home or I'd still be riding uh, on my way home. But uh, at, from there, I'm going to pause for a moment if you've got a couple of questions because I mean, I, I, I've still got more, but uh, I want to at least come up for air and let you guys have a chance. No, I, 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 love, I love to just give space to somebody to tell their story because sometimes, you know, the letting someone roll with it, you know, honest, there's an honesty and there's a flow to it and you don't want to interrupt. But I, I just want to interject real quick and, and then let you get back. When you're in a position when, like, I've had, kid, I've had a kidney stone in my life when I was younger. It was due to some medication I took that really caused it. And it was the most excruciating pain I've ever been through in my life. I can't imagine when you said multiple kidney stones how you survived that alone. But then you add all the other stuff on top of it. And I, oh, I, I just really quick, I, 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 I wanted to ask you, I, I, you know, a lot of people would look at that as a lost cause. Like, there's no way this guy can pull himself out of this. How do you switch your brain from seeing that so much of your body is failing to being willing and able to put the work in and attempt to turn things around? Because a lot of people would, at that point, just say, I'm just going to coast this out as long as I can, and, and then, you know, whatever happens, happens. That's going to be a terrifying outlook to confront. Uh, well, I'll have to back up for a bit because you know, uh, about, I think it was about six or seven years ago, uh, when I lived in Utah, I got admitted to the emergency room and you know off of the uh, ICU there because I had what is called you know, erythmodermic psoriasis, which is a prob- you know extremely rare version of it. But uh, normal uh, psoriasis, your skin replaces itself every three to four days, and normal skin is about every three to four weeks. So with, you know, you, what you see is you know, uh, a, a patchy red scaling and whatnot. With erythmodermic psoriasis, it looks more like third-degree burns because your skin is falling off so fast and the blood is right there at the top and all of your nerves are exposed. And on the kidney stones, the first two I had were calcium. And those things, the only description I have for that is uh, a red-hot ball of fish hooks working its way from your kidney you know, to your bladder. Uh, most painful kidney stones I ever had were the calcium ones. And you know, when you finally pass them, it's like it's the size of a head of a pin. And you're like, how can something that small hurt that bad? And the rest of these are all the uric acid. And they varied in size from not very big to the largest one was 18 millimeter by 8 millimeter. It was essentially a small olive pit. And when that thing finally passed, uh, you know, I I think, you know, everyone in the house could hear the porcelain rattling. Uh, But, uh, and I I, brought it into my doctor and they were telling me that there was less than a 1% chance of passing a stone like that one. But uh, when I was admitted to... uh, for the erythmodermic psoriasis at that point, I thought that kidney stones like that were probably the most painful thing that you can endure. Then I had erythmodermic psoriasis and I found out that on the scale of one to ten, a, a, a kidney stone is a nice solid seven and a half. 
the major difference is that the kidney stone never made me wish I was dead. The erythrodermic uh, psoriasis, it was like, I don't care what it takes, make this go away. I signed a DNR, I didn't care, I was done. Uh, and then, you know, when you say, you know, where, you know, how do you make, you know, turn the corner? Well, I had gotten to the point where it's like, you know, uh, you I'd been in a pretty dark place for a pretty long time uh, for various reasons. Uh, and, but uh, I, you know, this, I'm, I'm not one that was going to, you know, uh, end my own life by shooting myself or whatever. But I would eat. I would, you know, I'd drink uh, two, two liters of bottles of Dr. Pepper a day along with, you know, to wash down, you know, cookies, chips, and, you know, and whatnot, and not even hardly any protein for the day. I was doing that. Uh, but after I got out of the uh, rehab hospital, uh, when I was there and I saw that I was having improvement, and I hadn't, that's the thing that you, you that's hard to describe this, I hadn't had any forward progress in years. It's like every time I took a step backwards, that's where I stayed. And so I kept getting going down and down and down and down. And, you know, I've got a picture that I could send you guys that my sister-in-law took of me thinking it would be the last picture anyone would see of me because, I, you know, I wasn't expected to make it. it you know, the, the, when I was in the ICU uh, with the, um, uh, the, the most recent you know, kidney problem uh, where it went septic, uh, they said that uh, there were two or three days that were pretty sketchy and they didn't know if I was going to make it at all. And so when I got to the rehab hospital and I saw improvement, I look at it as, you know, you know, I don't know if this is the light at the end of the tunnel, but at least it's a direction. And I'm going to work, you know, as hard as I can, you know, to get to it. And that's when I started, you know, you know walking, working where I could get uh, walk around the, uh, um, their parking lot and later, you know, walk around the block with, with a walker and then eventually ditch the walker and continue walking on my own. Uh, I still have a you know, difficult time walking more than about uh, two miles. So I can go about two to two and a half. And, uh, my hips will be screaming at that point. And so, you know, I can walk really, realistically pretty much anywhere I want to, but, you know, two and a half miles covers, you know, quite a bit in normal life. Uh, and then uh, I also started riding the bike and, you know, doing that helped my knees immensely. And then... Um, uh, well, one thing to put in, so, uh, I can't remember exactly what month um, I was on last, but the, when they had the original um, Unstoppable Challenge, I went ahead and entered that, but you know, I didn't think there was any chance that I would because most of my successes, you know, the ones I considered the biggest successes had already happened before the challenge started. Uh, from, what was it, uh, June, roughly June of uh, 18, to February of, of 19, uh, I lost 140 pounds, and uh, during, I, I had entered the challenge with the goals of you know, being able to get out of the wheelchair and walk again, uh, to be able to stand you know, whatever length of time I needed to, to be able to, uh, my goal was to be able to attend a wedding reception for my kids when they finally get married, and be able to stand through the whole thing and not, you know, not be in pain. Uh, I've, I've, I can do that now, but none of them have gotten married yet. So, you know, I'm ready whenever they are. <laughs> uh, and, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, I also wanted, you know, one of my other goals was to be pain-free. So I wanted to walk, be able to stand for a length of time, and be pain-free. There was nothing in my goals about at weight loss at any time. Uh, 
Weight loss was a means to accomplish the other goals, and it still is. Uh, I currently weigh less than I did when I graduated high school. Uh, I've only lost 10 pounds since that time, so it's been over two years I'm basically maintaining. Uh, I had hit a plateau, and I, and so I started at that point when, okay, well, if it's going to plateau my weight, I'm going to start working on strength. And, I, and what I ended up doing was slowly increasing my calories. Um, and I, I, initially I added 500 calories, and to my shock, I lost a few more pounds, um, which was surprising because, you know, I, I had plateaued for so long. And then I, you know, kept it at that for, for a couple of weeks, and then, you know, pretty well plateaued again, so I added some more calories, and I lost a couple, of, another pound or two at that point, but I was, you know, gaining strength and, you know, just feeling better in general. Uh, by the time I had gotten to where I was doing that ridiculously heavy uh, leg press uh, before COVID, I was up to 3,500 calories a day maintenance. And so at that point, I can eat anything I want <laughs> as long as I'm working out. Uh, when COVID hit, uh, you know, I, I, I cut my calories back because my workload, you know, had been drastically decreased. But even with right. that, uh, over, over, the, over the course of COVID, I gained 20 pounds and I've lost 10 of it back. Wow. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, but, yeah, and the, the, the crazy part is yet to come. <laughs> um, I, I was just going to ask real quick. So, you know, with all of these extreme health challenges uh, you were going through at the time, and, and then you found yourself at a point where, you know, now I'm putting in effort. I'm working out, and, and uh, you know, I'm getting healthy. I'm losing weight. I'm trying to get pains dissipating. How did you kind of shift your brain? You know, you said you signed a DNR. You got to a point where living and dying was on the same level to you. If that's the pain you were going to be in, I don't even want them to try. How do you go from that? It was almost and then mentally, Exactly. And how do you mentally shift back into, like, now I'm going forward again. I'm, I'm living and I'm, I'm working hard and that spark of hope is back. It's got to be an extreme, you know, once you've accepted that to you, living and dying are, are interchangeable to now I'm living and crushing it. It's got to be a real change of headspace and, and a drastic change in mindset. How did you adjust to that? That happened when, uh, when I was in the rehab hospital and, you know, I started seeing some success with, you know, walking with the walker. That's what I mean, where, you know, I saw a glimmer of hope. I hadn't had any hope for a very long time. Everything was just a slow decline. And so I, I saw, and it wasn't that I hadn't tried to work out. I had in the past. Uh, one thing is that I'm one of those people that, you know, is, you know, there are, there are some people in the group who will overtrain. Uh, I'm one of them, uh, and I know it. <laughs> I still do. <laughs> You know, I will, I will work more, you know, if I actually worked less, I would probably be better off. I just, you know, with all the things I've done, who would have thought at 60 years old I would have turned into a gym rat? And here I am at 61, you know, I mean, I, I, can, I can pretty much do anything I want uh, within reason. You know, things I can't do, I still can't run, I can't jump. So, you know. Yeah, we're never going to see an Arthur video with, you know, type thing with me running at the end of it because that's not. I've tried; it's not happening. Uh, maybe, maybe someday, but you know, it, yeah, that's a work in progress. But uh, you know, the, but also in the um, the original Unstoppable Challenge, 
you know, aside from what your goals were, uh, later on, uh, before everyone was supposed to submit it, they said, you know, if you won the, the million-dollar uh, deal, what would you do? And, you know, uh, what, I, what I had uh, written back was that, uh, you know, I'd get a motorhome and I would travel the country visiting all my DDPY friends. And, you know, uh, and I had been working, you know, toward that for the last two years for, you know, uh, you know, getting myself in shape to be able to do it. And it, for the most part, it's been a pipe dream because I'm on disability and my income is extremely, you know, it's limited. So being able to do things like that, it, it was a pipe dream, but I just kept putting in the work. And, you know, when COVID hit and they did the, uh, uh, you know, the, you know, direct payments to everybody, the, the first one, I bought a motorcycle. And, yeah, and then, you know, had been you know, working toward that. And, uh, you know, this past, what was it, May 11th, I think it was, when I hit the road and, uh, you know, started off uh, <clears throat> riding, the country, riding across the country. So essentially right now I live on my motorcycle. And, uh, you know, my first stop was to see Adam Hips in Las Vegas and, and uh I caught him on a weeknight, and so we had dinner, but our, we, we had a much shorter visit than I would like to have had. And from there, I went up to my sister's house and was there and caught her before she went to Hawaii. Uh, so she's going to be there for a year uh, serving a mission for a church. And I'd go into that more, but that's, more, not, uh, that's a topic for another time. Uh, I, I will say she's having a blast. From there, I saw friends in, uh, you know, in the Centerville, Farmington area, tried to see my family, you know, my kids, and I uh, wasn't able to. Uh, maybe next time I'm in the neighborhood, and then I you know, went back down you know, through Utah, visited a friend that was in Fillmore, off to Grand Junction, uh, uh, Colorado, to visit my niece, and on to Albuquerque to visit my oldest brother. And, you know, I, I've been having a blast the whole time. Uh, the, the one thing that didn't go right, uh, I, when I was just outside of Moab, I was at a place called Thompson Springs. Uh, I was camping there and got up in the morning, loaded everything on the bike, moved about 20 feet, and had the front end of the bike wash out on me, and I dumped it, and it came down on my foot. And so right now I've got a, you know, a very sore right foot. I had a blister on my foot that was about as big around as a quarter, almost, uh, you know, three quarters of an inch tall. It looked terrible. Uh, didn't hurt anywhere near as bad as it looked. Uh, it, it had a little bruising, the, you know, the day it happened, but, you know, no bruising after that. So I don't know if I broke it. It's still swollen a little bit, but uh, I broke, uh, you know, uh, in the last year, last two years, I had October of 19, I broke my knee riding my bicycle. I was I just you know finished a workout and I'm you know flying down the sidewalk on my bike and I clipped the hedge with the handlebar. Yard sale didn't land it hard on my uh, right knee. Turns out I put about a one inch crack in the top of my tibia under my you know right near my kneecap. And uh, you know I you know the, at first I didn't you know went home and wasn't doing anything about it. But it's like my uh, knee was the size of a grapefruit. And so I contacted my uh, primary care physician who sent me for x-rays and MRI and sent me off to the orthopedic guy to, you know, to get a good look at it. And, you know, he saw it and whatnot. And, you know, I had been walking on it with no pain. And I, when I say no pain, I mean no pain. Uh, I, I 
found out I have an extremely high tolerance for pain. <laughs> Uh, when he uh, he's looking at the pictures, I told him that, and then he just looked at me and says, you know, most people tell me things like that. I believe them in your case. Uh, yeah, you've got a ridiculous tolerance for pain. But because uh, I, I was uh, just going to say, when you've been through what you've been through, you know, you probably have a different threshold than other people, a different scale you go by. Uh, you know, all I know is that uh, pain will only go, get just, I mean, it, when it gets to this worst, pain can only get just so bad. There hits a point where it's excruciating, but it won't get worse than that. Past that point, your body starts to protect itself and your body starts to shut down. And, you know, like even walking, I, you know, I would start walking and by the time of I, where I used to live, I, would, I had a car at the time. And as I was walking, I'd get more gimpy, more gimpy. But by the time I got down where my car was at, my leg was falling asleep. And so if I didn't quit pushing to, to be able to, you know, to, to walk to the car. Uh, if I pushed, say, you know, about another 50 feet or whatever, uh, my leg probably would have, you know, fallen asleep because the nerve was pinched and I probably would have been on the ground. So, you know, then, you know, it, that's why I say, it, 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 you know, it can get to the point where it's excruciating and you can just keep going anyway. Uh, and at that point, your body shuts down to protect you from yourself. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you know, wow. it's yeah. You know, and then you know, I I went in to see the uh, uh, the orthopedic guy at the eight week mark on that. Uh, you know, to double check it. Well, I had gone to the gym the day before, and it, I mean, I felt great. The swelling was gone. I felt great. I went in on the leg press machine, threw two plates on, did that for a couple of reps. Threw another two plates on, did that for a couple of reps. Got to where I had four plates aside, which is roughly 400 pounds with the sled and everything. And did that one for, you know, it felt good. So I did it for 20 reps and, you know, wanted to do more. But I said, okay, I'm going to wait until I talk to the doctor. And went in to see him the next day. And he went through and, you know, we did another x-ray. And everything looked like it was completely healed. At that point, I asked him, I said, when can I start lifting heavy? And I told him what I'd just done. I said, you know, I told him I was lifting, you know, four four plates aside for, you know, for 20 reps. And I said, when can I lift heavy? And he looks at me and he goes, what do you consider heavy? I mean, if I, what you're doing now is heavy. And I told him what I had been doing prior to the, uh, you know, to this happening. And he would just shake his head and said, please don't do anything until 12 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, a year later, uh, I was riding my motorcycle to the gym and because I was going to the gym, I wore my, uh, you know, my, my gym shoes rather than my boots. If I'd been wearing my boots, I'd have been way better off. I probably wouldn't have broke my foot. But uh, I, when I was pulling up the park, my shoe kind of hung on the peg a bit just because, you know, uh, gym shoes are so tacky. And so I lost my balance and took a big stomp to the side. And, you know, because it's a flexible shoe, my foot rolled up and I dumped the bike on its side. And I knew I... I knew I'd tweaked my foot, but uh, I, you know, picked it up, went back inside, and finished what I was going to do that day, which was leg day. Uh, except for I didn't do any of the heavy pressing and whatnot. I just did leg extensions and things like that. And you know, went home walking on it, no pain, didn't think anything of it. Uh, two days later, my foot has some nice bruising to it and whatnot. And I'm going, you know what? I had something. I broke something. So called the doctor up, got X-rays and, and whatnot. And, you know, went back and saw the same, you know, orthopedic guy. And 
you know, I told you know, I'm riding a motorcycle. Please, no cast. If you if you put me in a cast, I'll probably cut it off. And he looks at it, and, and um, I broke the uh, metatarsal on, uh, off my pinky toe, and it broke like mm-hmm. you, like if you cracked a chicken wing. And uh, but he said it looked like it was healing nicely, and if I'm in no pain, just continue to wear uh, my motorcycle boots because they have a really stiff sole and a lot of ankle support. He says, if you're in no pain, you know, wear those boots and you'll be just fine. So I did, and you know, everything we felt was good. And now I'm doing the exact same thing because I uh, had the bike fall on me, you know, a few days what, last week or whatever it was. Time get time, you know, starts disappearing. Cause when you know when you normally go on vacation and you have two weeks to, uh, you know, get there, have your visit, and get home. I don't have an end date to that, so I, you know, that part of the vacation where time is flying by at a rapid rate, that's, I'm living in that. Uh, And I'm, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, I say one of my goals is to be able to go and see as many of my DDPY friends as I can. So if there's someone out there who would like to have me come uh, come visit, uh, DM me and, uh, you know, we can, you know, we can try and schedule, you know, work it into things. Right now I'm working myself in the general directions of Dallas. Uh, so, uh, you know, in the, you know, not too distant future, I'm going to, you know, try and hook up with uh, Vance Hines and uh, also at, uh, now why am I drawing a blank on Chase? Yeah, Chase Green, why am I drawing a blank on him? Uh, oh, there's another thing that I, you know, completely skipped over this past year. Uh, when, you know, after I had talked to you guys, you know, I was doing, you know, things like uh, different challenge videos, squat challenge, burpees, things along those lines. And then, uh, I, I don't remember the exact time, but I started doing essentially interviews with other people in the group uh, to let them, uh, you know, I was doing Facebook Live with people to have them do their story. And we were doing it live in the group. And when I started doing it, I was, in, I was doing like, Oh, five a week or something like that. I did the for, I, and I cut it back to only doing three a week because uh, what people don't realize is uh, when you do something like that, for every hour you're on the air, there's probably two or three hours, you know, before and after getting it all done. Uh, I'm sure you guys, you know, Kristen's setting the, you're setting these mm-hmm. things up. I'm sure you spend at least two or three hours for every hour you're on air. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just, yeah. it just is what it is. And then we were doing that for a while, and you know, uh, I got to the point where I, you know, it, it didn't, re- it hadn't really run its course. But uh, Adam and uh, Adam Hips and myself uh, decided to combine what we were doing. He was doing something similar, but he was more topic driven, and I was more uh, backstory driven. And so we uh, we found a program called Be Live, which similar to Zoom, it allowed us to have four people on screen at once, and uh, we enlisted the help of Heather Pullman. And she would, you know, rather than being the on-air talent, she wanted to be behind the scenes and run the, uh, uh, you know, more or less be a producer for it. And at first, I, you know, first it was like, wait a minute, this is my project. And after the first time we went on the air, I was so happy she took that stuff over. It was so much <laughs> easier for me you know, to, to, to be able to just, uh, uh, you know, come on and, and, and talk rather than trying to worry about all the different buttons and windows and all these things that are going on. And we did quite a few of those. And then 
for various reasons it that ended. Uh, we did it for, my gosh, I, I don't remember how many of you know, the episodes we did with that. Uh, you know, and, uh, and and many of the people that we had on there have since gone on to be uh, uh, guests on uh, DDP Radio. I mean, there, there, there's so many of them, it's funny. But, uh, you, know, you know, because the people who are doing well get recognized is what it comes down to. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we ended up having to drop it off. I mean, I had some, some issues that I was having difficulty overcoming, just, you know, even being able to do the videos. Adam was getting married, and uh, Heather had some things going on for her, and so we'd like, you know what, we're going to put this on the shelf. Because, and, you know, maybe it'll come back uh, at a later date, and uh, I think it's still in that phase where it's like maybe it'll come back, but the, there aren't any, any plans at the moment. Uh, but, you know, uh, but right now, you know, I'm on the motorcycle riding across country, where, you know, to be able to see anybody. And, you know, I, I can't even tell you how fun it is. And, you know, the, the, the things that, you know, are just strange. I mean, at this point, I used to be on a handful of medications. Uh, you know, I was on heart medication, cholesterol. Uh, they had, you know, blood sugar meds. I mean, they had just a, a, an army of stuff. Uh, I have, I've been on an asthma medication since I was like, you know, well, I would say since I was five, but they didn't have any good ones back then, so it's been more recent than that. Uh, but I've been on, you know, I've had asthma my whole life, and uh, I have a med that they, you know, in theory I'm supposed to take it every day, but if I take it two or three times a month, that's all I need right now. So, and I consider that being pretty much free of that med. Uh, you know, it's a it it costs like fifty bucks a month uh, if you're taking it every day, but you know, taking it two or three times a month is pretty cheap. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's just been crazy. You know, you know, it, it's been an insane ride. Uh, you know, uh, I I would go into my doctor, and you know, he had been seeing me since I was heavy and whatnot, and I'd be going in in a wheelchair. And then, you know, there came a point where I'd park the chair at the end of the hall and, you know, go into an exam room. The first time I went in and he realized that there was no wheelchair around, uh, you know, and, and that I'd ridden there on a bicycle, uh, his jaw hit the floor. The day I walked in with in my motorcycle gear carrying my helmet, his head exploded. And, uh, you know, one of the times I went in, uh, I noticed that he had lost probably about 20 pounds. And so I commented, I said, you're looking good, you lost some weight. And he goes, you've inspired me. And I've talked to him about DDPY, and uh, the day he did that, he, uh, he's in this uh, practice with his wife, and he went into another exam room and, and pulled her out and said, this is the guy I've been telling you about. <laughs> and um, he told me that, you know, they had a, he would do seminars and where, you know, he would do uh, and be giving a, a seminar for uh, in front of other doctors and whatnot, and primarily it was it might have been you know, a lot of them may have been Hispanic, and he wanted to invite me to basically tell my story in that situation, you know, for for everyone, and you know I'd agreed to it, and before any of that could happen, COVID hit, and so that's still on the shelf. <laughs> but uh, interesting things of you know, where this has taken me. It's just been it's been insane an insane ride. Wow. Uh, it's, it's amazing absolutely who, incredible. It's amazing who's watching. When you think no one's watching, everybody's watching. It's well, kind of funny well, how I, it all works out. 
you know, I, I don't post in the DPY group as much as I uh, did at one time. Um, I don't hear it, it's kind of funny because at this point I don't really have to. If there's anybody new in the group that uh, has certain ailments, whether it be neurological, uh, their back, or you know, some of these other things, I get tagged into those. Uh, when it comes to weight loss, I mean, there's so many people we could tag, and you, you know, that I don't necessarily get that. I mean, you could you could tag in Vance or uh, Justin or any of the other guys. Uh, they, you know, but uh, I get certain ones. But you know, I had for my uh, two-year uh, anniversary of DDPY, I posted my uh, picture from Christmas about four years ago, and I looked like Santa Claus all the way down to the red shirt. And uh, then I showed, you know, the current picture, which at the time I weighed 250 pounds and, you know, looked much thinner. <laughs> and so uh, the, as soon as I posted that, um, I had forgotten to turn off the notifications on my phone because it was never an issue before. But my phone started pinging like a slot machine. It was just ping, 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 ping. And it hit a thousand likes within less than, I think it was three to four hours. And ultimately, it got over 2,500 reactions on it in, you know, uh, during that time. Later, um, the DDPY page picked up on it, reposted it, and it did it again. <laughs> What an incredible story. And, and, you know, I, I envy you in a way. I don't have a motorcycle. I've never had a motorcycle. I'd love to get one. My wife is horrified because I'm the clumsiest person in the history of ever. (laughs) (laughs) But I think there's something really beautiful about that because, you know, the freedom of the open road, that's, I mean, that's considered the ultimate freedom, especially if you're a rider, there's no place you want to be than just, you know, letting the the wind hit your face oh. uh, at 70 miles an hour. And it's kind of a beautiful, almost poetic story because you came from a place where you were about as li- as, liter- as literally as you could possibly be. You were trapped and imprisoned by your ailments and your body and your health. And to now come to, from a place where you're, you know, completely shackled by your health to be have the freedom to go just ride and be and be quiet and be still and with your thoughts on the open road, the ultimate freedom from prison to freedom. That seems like a pretty poetic ending to, uh, or in, not in ending, but yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a great. I'm not, uh, I'm not quitting anything soon. <laughs> but yeah, no, but I mean, what a, as what far a as riding story. down the road at, uh, you know, at with my bike because of you know, you know, it's not a. Uh, a touring bike per se. It's what they call a uh, sport adventure touring, which it's 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 like a it, it's about 90% street, 10% dirt kind of a thing. I will tell you, it gets sketchy when you're on gravel. It will get pretty sketchy. But it uh, it's a it's a pretty well look, look it up. It's a Suzuki V Strong 650. But it uh, under 70 miles an hour. It's just a you know very it is that it's you're just cruising down the road. Once you start getting above 75, you hit 80, and you hit 85. At 85 miles an hour, it's like someone is grabbing you by your helmet and just swinging you back and forth. Uh, as the wind is buffing you, it's just bouncing you back and forth. You know, sometimes violently, and you're just you know, you're 
but your 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 body is constantly adjusting for all this. So on uh, on a two hour drive, it's not too bad. But that first one, the first stretch I did, I went from uh, just outside Vegas. I, I uh, spent the night just near the uh, Valley of Fire, and from there I rode to my sister's in Hebrew uh, City, Utah, which was 450 miles, and I was on the bike the entire day. When I got there, I was completely exhausted, and I was just absolutely spent. It took me at least, I think it was two days to even really, even come close to recovering. The next day, I was just completely wiped out. Uh, I was having cramps in my legs, and, and uh, uh, you know, the, you know, because part of what you do is you'll hold yourself to the bike with your knees. Try and pinch your knees together on something with, you know, probably 10 to 15 pound pressure, but you hold it that way for hours. And so when I got done, you know, those muscles were just, you know, so fatigued and cramping. Um, you know, I bet, it still uh, does if I ride too much. I'm sorry, What's that? sorry to interrupt, man. No, I, I'm sorry to interrupt. I was saying probably all that DDTY, you learn about those stabilization muscles, too. And I'm sure when you're Absolutely. on a bike, you're subconsciously stabilizing the entire time. So you're probably actually working out muscles that you probably never yeah. would have worked out before. And uh, that probably, well, you know, changes things. Worked out, you know, well, it's not necessarily that I haven't worked them, out, worked them before because you start working those abductors and adductors when you're doing chair force. But when I went to the gym, I would use the abductor and adductor machines. And the, uh, I, I can't remember which is which, but the one where you're pushing out, uh, I got to where I was doing, for a short while, I was doing 250 pounds for sets of 12. But you know, later on, I was only doing... Uh, about 225 for sets of 20. And then uh, more recently, I got to where I was doing, uh, on the squeeze your knees together, I was doing, I could do 300 pounds for 20 reps. But that 20 reps only took me, you know, maybe a minute and a half or whatever. So it's a far cry from, you know, a much lighter weight that, you know, you're just barely squeezing your knees on it for stability but doing it for a couple of hours. And, you know, so it, it does catch up with you. And part of that is the type of motorcycle that I have. If I had uh, a cruiser where you were, you know, sitting back and your feet are forward, uh, would be a non-issue. Uh, like, you know, Scott French has a Harley. And you have, you've had him on here, and he's had horrible back problems. And, you know, he thought he would never ride his Harley again. But, you know, here he is. Uh, you know, not very long ago, he went on a trip from Phoenix to Virginia and then back, and you know, he did it in two weeks. Uh, you've got another one that, uh, you know, I don't know if you've had him on. You need to, uh, you know, Jeremy Colley. Uh He's, you know, he's another that had, you know, really horrible back problems. He just passed his motorcycle class today you know, to be able to get a bike, and he's getting a bike. Uh, you should talk awesome. to him. There, yeah. We should, you know, we're going to have you to, you know, I, I was one of the original, original members of the DDPY uh, bicycle group. Uh, now I'm one of, you know, doing the same for the, uh, you know, the recovery people who are with the motorcycles from DDPY, from, <laughs> you know, DDPY for motorcycles. So, you know, yeah, we're going to have to do something with that. <laughs> and, you know, I, I love it. it. It wasn't until after I bought, I had the motorcycle and whatnot, and I'd had it for quite a while before I, I finally got my call from Dallas. You know, I was actually at the motorcycle dealer, you know, picking something up, 
And when he called, I was I mean, literally right next to a freeway, so I couldn't hear him. I had to like, hang on, let me find some place where I can talk. And I had to, you know, speed walk, because I can't say I ran, uh, you know, to where I could get around the corner of a building so, you, so that we could talk and not, you know, not be just listening to the freeway. And so we had, we had a wonderful chat for about, oh, a little over, it was less than 15 minutes, but more than 10. And, you know, it was, you know, after he'd had his bout with, uh, with COVID, but, uh, you know, at the end of it, he's like, you know, let me know when you're in Atlanta, you know, you know, so I will be there at some point, but I, you know, I'm also going to find a field. I don't know how to find out when he'll be there, but, uh, at some point I'll end up being there. It'd be nice if they had summit again. That'd be great. Yeah, it would. Well, yeah, what an I incredible story. I, I, I just looked at the clock. I can't believe we're already out of time. I just flew past, but, uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. I enjoy talking to you. So uh, we got to get back together again soon and, and talk some time down the road and see how things are going, checking up on your on your trip here. And uh, I think it's beautiful. Um, and Thank I you. know you've got a couple uh, you got a couple things going on between the groups, and, and uh, I don't know if how many episodes of that show you're going to be doing in the future, but is there anywhere uh, you want to give a plug, a group, a page, a, a website, any place where people might be able to find you? Uh, the easiest way to find me is in the DDPY group. I also have an Instagram, which is just my name, Gary Gardner. And then uh, at some point in time, I will I want to do a uh, YouTube channel, uh, more or less of what I'm doing traveling around. And it's going to be more of a modal blog. It's I'm not going to be specifically DDPY. You know, when that finally gets off the ground, I'll call it G2 Adventures. Uh, there's multiple things for the G2. My initials are GG. This is my second go-around with things. And if I do it the way I want, my logo will be a diamond because it's a combination of that, of the obvious with BDPY. But also, you know, I was known for some of the challenges, including one being Superman. So there's double entendres all through that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I've got to get the, uh, the camera equipment and stuff to be able to do that and you know, being on a limited budget, uh, you know, that's not going to happen right away. But the uh, Instagram and the Facebook group are, you know, are the, are the best places to catch me. Awesome. Well, well, we, we certainly appreciate talking to you, and, and thank you for taking the time. And, uh, Crystal, great job. Another great uh, guest uh, right here at DDP Radio Live at DDPRadio.com. And I do urge you to go back in the archives. A lot of times we have uh, guests on for two, three, four times, and – uh, it's incredible kind of listening to the first story and then listening a, a year, a couple months later, and uh, there's always uh, progress and there's always evolution. And, and we have so many inspiring stories to tell here, and your story is far different than the story we had last week, which was far different than the story we had last week, which is awesome because you get so many different perspectives and so many people can relate to certain things and not to others, but everyone kind of is able to pick little things here and there. And uh, that's what keeps people going. It's what keeps people inspired is finding people uh, to relate to. And that's what GDPY uh, has yeah. always been about. So Absolutely. I and I want to give a Gary. shout out to, uh, to, uh, you know, to Scott Anderson you know, and Team Miracle. I'm here to represent, by the way. <laughs> well, that's beautiful, man. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you coming on with us. And congratulations on all your success and, and good luck on the road and be safe and, uh, you know, well, we'll be happy to check in with you down the line a little bit later. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Gary. All right. Well, Crystal, uh, that's another uh, yeah. another episode in the books. Awesome episode. 
and great Thank story. You. So I think it requires a great quote. So give me something good. We got to have a good quote from the Canadian quote master herself to throw us uh-huh. in the next week. And you got to throw us so far because I need all the assistance I can get to get there. Well, this week's quote is from Nikki Rooney. So you know it's going to be a good one. <laughs> um, and the quote this week is You always pass failure on your way to success. That's a good one. I love that one. That yeah, is. And yeah, it was it short and sweet. It was sh- it was sh- it was short and sweet, just like Mickey Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Sorry, I kill myself. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Gary. We'll see you guys soon. Next week, we'll be back with a brand new episode. I hope you guys are pulling yourself out of the COVID haze. You guys are back, experiencing some kind of life. Remember, be safe. Uh, take care of each other. Be kind. Be considerate. It's a time in this world where we're all just trying to feel our way through it. It's kind of crazy. And uh, do your best to take care of each other because, you know, a lot of people are scared. A lot of people are struggling. And what better time to show kindness and sympathy and empathy and just be there, be cool, be happy, be here next week. DDP Radio Live. We'll see you guys soon. Kicked it today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Page. Oh! He's in a diamond cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond wow. cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work, and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Talk radio. A little bit late on the outro there. My apologies.